Welcome to Measure Twice. I am Rob Perigini, along with Chris Kramer from C. Kramer Interiors and Joel Graber from Graber Custom Remodeling. And this is the show that helps you envision your home's potential. And uh, the potential today is that Chris is back from Phoenix. He's (laughs) (laughs) well-rested. Ish. Ish. Right. (laughs) Fried to a crisp. Uh, And we're going to also talk about... um, why have a contractor in the first place? So we're in our series of last time was why have, as I hit my microphone, why have a designer? This show is about why have a contractor. And our sponsors are Hoosier Hardwood Floors. Michigan is trusted and valued experts on hardwood floors. Visit HoosierHardwoodFloors.com and Miller's Building Supply, where service is priority since 1982. Online at Miller'sBuildingSupply.com. So, how long did it take you to cool off, Chris, from when you get back to, get back from Phoenix? Well, actually, we had the heat on in the car on the way back, because we flew out of Indy. So <laughs> Your blood got thin <laughs> that got fast? Thin, it got thin that fast. We were freezing in the car, so we turned the heat on. <laughs> My wife was complaining, and I was complaining. I said, man, I didn't realize how it, we had acclimated. <laughs> you, well... Tell us what it was. Tell us the weather when you were there. You can do better service than sunny and one hundred and fifteen to one hundred and seventeen every day, and in the shade, uh, one hundred and seventeen, <laughs> and then the breeze that blew, one hundred and seventeen. <laughs> it was like hanging out in a convection oven. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. You're just moving hot air. But there's there's a reason why people live there though, because the low humidity. Oh. You know, it's it's easy on the joints. So it's, you see lots of athletes living out there because yeah. it's easy on, like, if you have arthritis and things like that, it's actually not a lot of bar- barometric movement in yeah. Phoenix. It's always a high-pressure system. That's it. <laughs> I think it's fun to go there and just watch the weatherman, weather person, the weather reporter, just talk about nothing. <laughs> well, hot. Sunny, uh, but in Vermont, it rained. <laughs> Moisture from the sky. It's kind of like the movie Groundhog Day. That's it, it is. Everything, every day is the same. And then November 1st, it changes to 70 and mm-hmm. sunny. So yeah. it goes from like 115 <laughs> to like, boom. And that's when everybody turns on their heat. It was, <laughs> yeah, wear jackets. So I let the cat out of the bag. I lived there in Phoenix for like five years. So I, when, you, when you were going, I was like, I couldn't wait to hear when you came back. It was fun. I loved. I, I love Arizona. Been out there many times. But uh, this time, we took my wife's handicap sticker and hung it in the rental car. It melted. <laughs> what? Really? It, it did. melted. It melted. So wait, are there it northern changed. and southern, or like, is, is there southwestern <laughs> ones that have to be made out of Kevlar? Or something? I, I think part of it was the dash of the car was black. It got so hot you couldn't touch the steering wheel, and we didn't have one of those. Uh, what do you call them? Those dash covers. So right. yeah, I think with the heat of the dash and the heat coming in from the wind, the sun coming in from the window, it melted her. So is it not usable anymore? It's usable. Just changed its shape. <laughs> it looks like you fashioned it, whittled it's, it out. Yeah, that's right. They, that's they right. Think oh. that, that looks that looks made. That's not a real one. <laughs> it's the crafted uh, <laughs> handicap sticker. Wow. So, but you're a you're a Tucson guy. You I like love Tucson. Tucson. So the the thing is. The architecture is way different between Tucson and oh, the whole feeling of Phoenix. Tucson and Phoenix. I mean, they're they're completely different feeling. I think you said it earlier off off air that uh, 
Phoenix is a little more cosmopolitan, and yeah. I think Tucson would be a little more um, what I would call um, ranch country. Yeah, it's still big. Oh yeah, it's more of a college town, and it's spread out. Yeah, and, and whereas Phoenix is, even though Arizona State University is there, which is gigantic, eighty thousand students. I don't know how many, but Tucson has the University of Arizona, mm-hmm. which is half as big. Right, but it acts more like a college town. Right. I think more of the lifestyle down there is revolves around U of A. Mm-hmm. And ASU, if you're in Tempe, I mean, we're talking about Phoenix like everybody's been there, but essentially Phoenix is this. Phoenix, huge. Tempe, pretty big, but landlocked with all other all these other towns. So it's Phoenix, Tempe, Mesa, and Scottsdale. They're the prominent. And then there's little neighborhood towns outside mm-hmm. of that. that You stayed in Chandler. Right. Uh, but Phoenix has has a city issue right where it's sprawling but it's also the commerce center of the of the state because of the capitals mm-hmm. and so they're they're always torn between this you know what are we are we a desert town we used to be but you're not scottsdale is um and tempe's a college town and mesa's a suburb you know you know that's the that's the way it goes now did you make it down to mesa no Mesa, what's really cool about Mesa is they grow lemons there and oranges. Wow. And it's so fragrant. Like, the town smells like lemons and oranges. Ooh, it's really nice. cool. And the only real true running water is in Mesa, too. There's actually a river there with water in it. <laughs> I love living in Phoenix. Like, yeah, you got to go down to that river. And it's like, it's it's a trench. Yep. And there's nothing in it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. When it rains, it's a river. I'm like, that's not a river. <laughs> We saw a lot of trenches with some, actually they had water in them. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be gone by June. Yeah, but late June, <laughs> whatever, it'll be out. Yeah, they were saying July is monsoon season, and that's when it's like 110, 120, and 60 uh, percent humidity. Right. They call it mo- when you go there and you hear the word monsoon. Don't you think like 50 mile an hour wind and rain, these sheets of rain? Yes. It's like what they mean is it, it's going to rain like every morning for like two minutes. Right. And that's the well, monsoon. That's that's monsoon. The monsoons are coming, Joel. <laughs> I was kind of nervous there for a second. <laughs> I was on a golf course. It was raining and not hitting the ground. It was. You look up and the water. It was. I'm like, this is biblical. <laughs> What's going on? Evaporating. <laughs> so I know we're yammering on about this, but give me the feel of what you felt like the architecture style, architectural style was. Though. It was um, Southwest, well, right? It was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was really kind of a mix. I mean, Adobe. Yeah, a lot of ranch. Everything's a ranch for the most part. There was a, a housing complex right across the street from the hotel, and that looked more like a uh, Mediterranean v- villa tile roof. It looked more Mediterranean than it did southwest to me. It's almost exclusively tile roof. Yeah, in, I, in, I saw a lot of asphalt. I couldn't believe it. I thought, my gosh, the heat gained from that, I can't even imagine. And it all just melts and rolls, runs off the roof. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing I noticed was air conditioning units were on the roof. Yeah. Yes, they are. I thought that was interesting. I, there's, there is a reason for that, or they're elevated. Yeah, they're never on the ground. I, w- I don't know why would they. Do you have any? Idea I, I'm not, I, I don't have any insight into that for you. Is it a different type of cooling system? Because with you know, with no humidity. Well, if you're in a uh, like the mall uses evaporators, which or not eva- the opposite of evaporators. They the actually humidifier. They yeah, these swamp coolers. It's called where like cold water mm-hmm. falls in front of a fan. But homes use regular air conditioners. I don't know why they're on the roof, but I do know why tile is everywhere. Yeah, but I w- we went through, we went down, 
in Chandler, we were just we were driving to a restaurant, and I just happened to notice that all in the all along the way, there are subdivisions on the north and north and south side of the street, but they were all asphalt, which kind of surprised me. The, sh- the shingles movie. all looked like the uh, sticker, the handicap sticker. That <laughs> yeah, all I can think of it must have been a a, a, a cost issue. Because I'm sure a tile roof is far more expensive than an asphalt. Are they? Sh- are you sure they weren't like a metal? No shingle that l- had the asphalt no, looking. They're the regular. They're the asphalt that we would see here. Well, well, it might have been an older part of town too, because now they use. Um, st- it's not real tile. It's sto- it's uh, cement that mm-hmm. looks like tile. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still heavy. Yeah, Joel. When we we had our house built out there, contractor told me he's like, "Well, there's no weather here." Well, that's None. true. He's like, "We don't." We don't build for your house to like sway or like have any. any we don't build it to last. Because, but, well, but but because you're putting a like a cement style roof on there, yeah. Other things have have different. Uh, it's like so. There's no two by twelve there, but there are along the top of the roof. <laughs> like you know, we're we're here. It's just like not much, you know. At any rate, I fooled Joel. Yeah, I guess so. I was. <laughs> And Joel's looking at me like, I know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you saw. <laughs> you know what we're going to have to do is go to Phoenix and like destroy somebody's house we don't know. Find out what makes that thing tick. Yeah. Well, well we, you know, they don't have snow loads and stuff no, like that. Right. So. Well, that's what he was telling me. There's no, you're not going to get any like real weather. Let's take a time out for a second and just acknowledge our sponsors. We'd like to thank Hoosier Hardwood and um, Miller's Building Supply for being sponsors of our show and thank you so much and when you get the chance to put a new floor down or you're thinking about a new floor uh, visit our sponsor Hoosier Hardwood and if you're doing any work or having any work done in your home certainly look for Miller's Building Supply thanks now let's get back into the podcast and now the moment we've all been waiting for if you're building I'm just sending this I should have the bulletin if you are about to build a house and you plan on being your own contractor, stop what you're doing and listen to the next two segments of the show because we're going to talk about what it means to have a contractor and why it's a benefit. And Joel just leaned in like he's like, (laughs) I have 79 things. And it's not just because to sustain your family (laughs) because you're kind of speaking for all contractors at this point. Oh, yeah. Wherever you are. Um, But you're going to hear a theme, right? What's what's the theme we just talked about for for having a contractor? What's that at the bottom line of having a contractor is what? And we'll start from there. You're going to save on headaches. The headaches go away. Yeah. Or your headaches are burdened Minimally. by somebody yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a headache, but it's not your problem right, right now. Um, and that's the moral of the story there. So, well, I'm going to look at Chris for a second because you end up, right, Working with contractors mm-hmm. quite a bit. Okay. Or finding them for clients. That You took the words right out of my, like, that was it. The first question is always like, how the heck do I find a contractor? Chris, how do you find a contractor? Well, you're sitting next to I'm one. I'm sitting next <laughs> to one, yeah. <laughs> but if you didn't know Joel, what would you do? Uh, typically, um, no, we, I've, I'm trying to think how to answer that because we've always used contractors and it's hard to find a good one. Mm-hmm. Or let me rephrase that. That's not true. Um, we're very cautious about who we refer because, you know, we want to make sure that they, that the contractor we're referring is, um, to our level of expectation. And the only, how do you find that out? Uh, 
working with them. Mm-hmm. So there's always right a away. moment. I mean, there's going to be a moment, a leap of faith moment when you mm-hmm. get a contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Joel, you know, when you're in that realm, right? Where if you don't know somebody and they're hiring you, how do you go about that? You, I'm talking about you, right? As a yeah, contractor. about how, you, yeah. like, because that is something that we deal with. I mean, you, the fact of the matter is, there are guys out there that will rip you off, right. <laughs> and that's the, and that's how it is. And so, there are people, especially when they don't know us, because uh, m- most of ours comes from referral, right? So it's somebody that we've done work for; they've passed our name along. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a a certain level of trust, but if we've never met them, maybe they've never seen our work. Um, you know, I there's I tr- we try to ease their mind on on you working with us in several ways. One is we try to be detailed with our estimating so that they understand what is being estimated and why. Uh, also, having we we try to. We, we tr- show them that we work with reputable subcontractors, people who have been around for a long time, people who do good work, people who have a good reputation, because that's part of being a contractor. You don't do everything. You work with people. You bring in people who are experts in their in their certain it's, it's whatever like col- that is that they're doing. It's a collection of reputations is right, really yeah. what a contractor is. And, and that's why. And that's and and that's what Chris, because Chris is looking for somebody. You know, he's not going to just recommend anybody that he doesn't know without knowing, you know, that they also work with reputable people. It just intrigued me that you're going to have that first date. You know, there's always the first date. Well, because, again, the referral that we if we refer a contractor, that contractor basically uh, reflects us. Mm. So if they're if we send somebody in that that is not going to do a good job, that that's a direct reflection Mm -hmm. on our company. Right. So we want to make sure that the that. The contractors and the the subs and the outside services that we provide that we refer provide the best quality. So when you're in that process, if you're the the not the designer of the contract, you're the person who's getting their house built. It's got to start somewhere. Like somebody has to have referred you, but if you don't have anybody necessarily referring to you, that's where I was going. Was man, I've, I went to see Chris and he's referring this person, and then they meet Joel. And Joel's like, we put their mind at ease. And you said something very important that I'm getting to. It's like that estimation, the estimate, that's a meaningful document. That that shows a lot about the contractor. Because mm-hmm. if you know what you're doing, it's you can be detailed. If you're kind of flying, and I know every project's different. There might be some variable. There's definitely variables yeah. in every project. But you're you're saying, you know, up front we try to stave off that mystery. Right. Well, it's good for us to do that too because then it helps us to have a guideline of where we're because an estimate's an estimate, mm-hmm. and and I tipic, the majority of our work is renovation, so there's a lot of unknowns, and so you can't really say this is exactly what mm-hmm. it's going to be, um, but you it gives you kind of a guideline and and a, a footprint for what we're trying to accomplish, and you know it keeps everybody honest. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about um, your your estimate. What do you think a homeowner or a buyer, I get, you know, the other side, like the homeowner, what are some things they should look at on their estimate generally to, that some clues that, hey, this person kind of understands what's going on? Well, um, I don't always do it. It, it. Typically, it's on request, but I'll 
like I, I'll do I'll I'll do line items for we'll do line items for everything you know whatever works going on so if it's a kitchen renovation line item for cabinetry plumbing uh, countertops flooring you know if if framing's going on that drywall stuff like that and then by request I'll also put on the name of the sub so they know who it is that's doing it that that's always part of the contract anyway right so. The subs are listed in their contact information. But certain things, like, I get that, it. That, that, yeah, that's not dirt part of my estimate, typically. You might have to know the, like, the homeowner might have to know the name of the tile person for aesthetic reasons. Like, they might have questions about the tile, like, a style of the tile or something like well, that. Yeah, but you that, might not need to know the name to, of we your electrician. To, right. Because well, we try to have introductions. And I'm, for me, I'm in people's homes, and they're usually there. So, right. at some point in time, you're going to probably meet every sub that's on the project you don't you, it's nice to know who's coming into your house before they do absolutely and what joel is saying is that specifically his company really focuses on renovation so he comes in and and fixes an addition adds an addition redoes a, a bathroom redoes a kitchen and i'm just clarifying that so generally the people are home <laughs> like right. they're there right. when you're working and that's what you're getting at is like right. bringing people into the home um so moving on from that though, the line items on the on the estimate is a is a signal because if you can do line items and you know what the lines are, you know right, yeah. what's going on. Well, and it's not uncommon that you know because most people are going to get multiple estimates, which I don't have a problem with that. I would actually encourage that. It, the The most important thing is understanding what you're comparing, and right. and and typically a vague estimate. And it's it's not uncommon that somebody will just get like. Two line items. One's for materials and one's for labor, and that's it for the for the estimate. And I, you know, and and it might be less than mine, or might not. I don't know, but I have to ask. You know, well, what is included in this? Do you know what's included in this? Yeah, because it's certainly I mean, not going to go and down I never, in price. I, You know, typically I don't ask. I'm never asking to look at it, and people will offer, and I'll say, you know what, it doesn't matter what somebody else is estimating. Just know what. Just know what is actually being estimated right because you might have an expectation and they and and if it's not on if it's not spelled out right the contractor might think be thinking something totally different and that's where you end up with some issues too but chris have you seen that before where that's too it's vague and they're like did they are they going to do this or are they going to i know you run into that with your with stuff all the times there's all that detail mm-hmm. and i'm thinking the designer is buried in deep like you're all details because you're the finished well, and, and we've talked finished. about that before you know that's kind of why i mean that's a big reason why to have an, a designer <laughs> because it helps with the details but it helps the contractor it helps the contractor with it, the details because yeah. if you if these people are working together then it exposes if somebody's leaving something out right which everybody just or you know one party's assuming in the other mm-hmm. and i think that's what i'm hearing like with contractors it bring it takes away the assumptions of things and like makes them reality it's like that's what you do for a living is you create reality like right that's well after you get done talking to your contractor stuff's gonna be there contractors really make reality it's not a concept any longer right if you're meeting with a contractor stuff's going in the ground nails are going into boards right. <laughs> things are happening right tell me though where you feel the misnomer of having a contractor is more expensive where does that why do people think that because you you feel like you're paying one more person to do something you feel like you can do. You you feel like you can line people up, and most likely you can. So why pay somebody else to do that? And 
I guess where I would start is contractors are professionals, like an accountant or a lawyer, something like that. We, you know, we typically don't go to eight years of school <laughs> or whatever it is to do to become a contractor. But you don't just wake up one morning and become a contractor. There are schooling. There is schooling that you can do, and there are continued education things that you do. And but a, you're you learn you learn to do what you do in the field. And you build these relationships with subcontractors and, and, and you know who you can trust, who does good work, who follows through. Uh, you get to know personalities and, and how you mesh with them. And you build a rapport with subcontractors and, and you work your way into that, into a contractor's position. A homeowner that wants to contract Typically what you don't have, some people may have a lot of friends in different trades and so then they can work things out. But typically you don't really know the people in the trades and your house would be a one-off basically. And by one-off, I'm just going to translate that. One-off means if you're one homeowner doing one job and that's the only job you're ever going to do, maybe in a lifetime you might do three, right? A contractor is doing five a month <laughs> you know, or something like that yeah, something you know, like, like that. if 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 my electrician is doing two hundred thousand dollars worth of work from the from the from the jobs that i'm bringing to him i'm probably a higher priority on the list than somebody that's doing that's doing their own contracting for an addition that they're doing and maybe it has a bathroom and maybe down the road you will do more work but there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Yeah, the bread and butter, the, the bread is buttered on the by the contractor right, for right. electricians, plumbers, tile people, framers. Yeah, who am I leaving at? Roofers, you name it. Yeah, flooring guys. Yeah, drywall. Right. Pretty much any trade, their bread and butter is in the relationships that they have with the contractors that they work for. And so, Chris, when you see somebody and they're doing, you're you're working with them on the design, and you notice that they don't have a contractor, is that like a red flag for you? <laughs> Uh, not a red flag, but I mean, we will then say, do you, are you working with a contractor? And if they say no, then we'll say, we have a, here's someone that we refer that we would kind of subtly try to like lead them into it because we'll, you know, most of the people we work with are, are pretty savvy and realize they can't do this by themselves and really are looking for us for that referral. What's the financial, like the pure financial benefit. And I'm not talking to, we'll get into the, what the bonus right, benefit yeah. is. What's the pure financial benefit? Because subs are working with contractors on a regular basis, you're getting contractor pricing. So it's going to be a little bit less. They, they build that in so that a contractor can mark it up. So you're not actually paying more. You're paying the same amount, but the schedule stays tighter. And Okay, so let's say that let's not worry about like the homeowner's time at right, this yeah. moment. But at this moment... If you're using a contractor, generally the price you pay for the contractor is the same as you would pay for an electrician. Like, so if you called an electrician to come in, they're going to charge you X amount. If they're if a contractor brings the electrician in, the electrician asks for X amount minus a certain percentage as a contractor price. Right. And that's how the contractor technically is getting paid. Yeah. And, and the reason that that is is because... As a contractor, you're doing a lot of the legwork that the subcontractor doesn't have to do now. So then they're not going to charge oh. for that part of the that part, you know. So like what, like like 
Like well, what? so if I go into a home and I and I'm going to bring an electrician in on something, he, I, I can give him a count on the number of outlets there are switches. We figure out where lighting's going to be. You know, typically with somebody like Chris, he has oh. a lot of his answers already. And I say, okay, this is the job. This is what we're doing. This is what's going in. And there may there will be one meeting with the homeowner so that there's kind of an introduction, and then there might be some discussion. Like if there is a question that you need the su- the sub to be there to say, okay, no, this isn't going to work because of this product. Right. He now he doesn't have two or three meetings before he goes to do the job. He is able to give it an estimate and schedule it. And that's a really important point because the way we're kind of talking about it, it sounds like an old boy network. I just charge yeah, no. you less, and it's like technically there's some of that. Like right? you're gonna. You, you get a lot of work from a person, you get you cut them a break. But what I'm hearing is there's also, if you're an electrician, I'm picking on electricians, but if you're a subcontractor, there's some there's less work involved when you're working with right. a contractor because right. they're taking care of things that right. there's like four less meetings. Well, yeah, there's that. There's, there's the two ends, the front end and the back end. A subcontractor, when you're working with a contractor, you don't worry about getting paid. Uh, that's the other <laughs> and thing. And that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Cause the time I've been, value I've of been, money. Yeah, I've been a subcontractor. And to know that I'm getting paid in a specific amount of time, regardless of if the contractor's collected or not, I'm getting paid. That may, that that's that's a that also is worth something. So that brings us to the next point because I think that's an excellent segue. That is particularly why your subcontractors show up on time all the time when they say right. they're going to show up. And if you're a homeowner and it's a one-off, they're like. Yeah, I'll be there Thursday. Uh, I can't be there Thursday. Right. I mean, that's probably the cornerstone of that that point. Right. And we've had whole shows on why doesn't my contractor, why doesn't my <laughs> subcontractor show up? And like that's it right there. That one sentence. Like yeah. they know when they're getting paid. Which brings us to the other segment. What's the bonus then? Well, there's the time. You you will save time on your project. I I don't know how often it. I mean. It doesn't matter how how good of a report we have. At some point in time, you're ready to just have the contractor out of your house, and typically the contractor is ready to move on and to another project. And it's not that you don't dis that you dislike each other or that you're not happy or whatever, but it just happens. And, and it's the same with your with your subs. But the the time the time gets condensed and 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 sometimes quite a bit because. Like we talked about, subcontractors will show up on time for their contractors because of because of that because relationship, of the yeah. relationship and because of the security and the money. And, and I'm gonna cut you off right there and say, yeah, Joel is Joel, you know, Graber from Graber Custom Remodeling, right? But technically, you're not just talking about Graber Custom Remodeling no. here. Reputable no. contractors. You're right. talking about, you know, you might be a, play golf with a contractor. You might no one from church or whatever, right. and you're still doing your project on your own, giving yourself all these headaches when it's a wash in actual money, equal, right? and you get to just watch your project get done right. instead of like having to worry about it. Chris is shaking his head. like You can sit back and, and have a chance to be creative, right? I mean, if you have time, to, you're not worrying about when your plumber's going to get there. You can think about... What paint? You know, what should this look like when it's in the finished product? Do you see that too? Like, do you feel like you can just be more comfortable? Well, I, yeah, and I'm thinking about that from two. Two, I'm thinking about it too, from being a consumer myself. Mm-hmm. If I'm having something done to my house with a contractor, 
it, whether I'm doing the design work or I've already done the design work and come up with the concept or whatever, it's the peace of mind that I don't have to babysit this. I've got, I've got a professional in here who's coming in to do the work. They're here when they said they're going to be here. They're cleaning up after themselves at the end of the day. I'm not walking into a major mess. Um, they're flexible enough to, that if I come back and say, oh, maybe we need to change this a little bit, or, or, or I see something here that, that I'm not 100% on, those are the things that give you peace of mind, and that's why you know, the contractor is there to basically take care of all of that for you. And Joel, you know, I don't know how many people you must know, like in, in businesses, but you also have a menu of people to use. It's not like you just use, I know you tend to use like the same few people over and over again, right. but they show up for you. And, th- and that's the, that, that was the bonus that we were talking about. Headaches. It's like a giant Advil that you get to take in front of, in, in the front end of the mm-hmm. project and not afterwards. I mean, I don't want to make it, <laughs> I'd be remiss because I do have a lot of friends that are contractors and they, if they were to hear that and say, you, you made it sound like you're never going to have a headache. It's that's, Candyland. That's, it, there are always unexpected things. But there less are, you're going to run into things and you're going to, and it's going to be, sometimes it's going to be a pain, but you have somebody to walk with you through it who has been through something that's, like that. That's excellent point. A, like a, it's not all your, you know, you right. don't have to figure out every inch of this project. We're totally out of time though. We've, we've done it. Now, everybody, be prepared, contractors out there. You're going to get some phone calls. <laughs> uh, our sponsors are Miller's Building Supply and Hoosier Hardwood. Thank you very much for doing that. And uh, remember to download our podcast. Not just download. Subscribe to Measure Twice. And before you do anything on a Saturday morning, make sure you measure twice. Don't forget to subscribe to Measure Twice and look for new Measure Twice podcasts uploaded every Friday. Measure Twice is an opt-in production. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.